We know there is not much margin for error when it comes to the Liberty Flames. If they can get through the game this evening over in our spot. Yo, home the Bel Air! As they welcome Middle Tennessee, 7 o'clock tip. And Saturday, that's an 8 o'clock tip, by the way. Not my favorite. I would, By the way, I would love it if they had Saturday like noon games. Uh, that would be my perfect world. But they're not. Uh, but anyway... Um, If they can get through that, they're back at 500 in Conference USA play. And really, it's about not having to play four games, getting that first play-in game of the Conference USA tournament. And Liberty looks like they're going to steer clear of that, which means the next step is playing your best basketball. Now, we've documented that uh, there are athletic limitations to this year's team. Doesn't mean that they can't get hot at the right time. Doesn't mean you can't focus in mentally and make life miserable for others with your defensive tenacity, something Liberty's going to have to have because there is a dearth of height at the guard spot. Can't really do anything about that, as much as you may like Colin Porter, the point guard, and Caden Matheny. Um, and the length and athleticism and strength, those are the type of things you can enhance in the offseason. And, and I don't mean disrespect, disrespectfully to them, but also when you add more bodies, you can adjust the roles in playing time. And it's not to say there's not, but you can tinker with the lineups even more and that's something you can do for liberty but it's amazing because you look back on the game against utep and it's easy to sit there and go okay this team has very little margin for error we've mentioned that before i would concur with that and therefore you look at the fact that they missed free throws down the stretch richie mckay again after that game did not dismiss that as something severe but Mentioned that there may have been a reason for that. You told me, hey, you got Matheny, uh, Peebles, and Road at the line in the last 25 seconds to seal the, the win. I, I told you, okay, game over. Uh, so that was a little uncharacteristic. But, uh, again, our guys are they're beat. <laughs> it's awesome. They play a lot of minutes. and uh, So we found a way. You know, there's such a fine line between winning and losing, and we're on the right side of it this time. Uh, we've been on the right side of it in years past, and our team is still growing. We're still learning, you know, how to execute down the stretch and uh, how much the little things matter. And uh, again, this was a good deposit. I mean, didn't Richie McKay after that win against UTEP the other night basically say what, what we've kind of said, and probably not as blunt as we have, which is there's less margin for error with this team, so you have to do the little things correctly. And by saying we're still learning how to do that, that's that's kind of another way of saying that. And it's not an indictment against Liberty. We mentioned that with a team like Virginia. And they figured that out. Grant, they've gotten some lineup adjustments with Jordan Miner's edition and Dante Harris. And uh, not, not that you may want either of them playing too much, but having them around frees up other guys to shift their roles and responsibilities and you're not casting them out of the ideal role. Look at how that's hurt Virginia Tech with Sean Padula being asked to do more than reasonably should be asked out of him. And yes, there's Hunter Couture, but there's the void of Rodney Rice that's clearly been there. By the way, that angle, the Virginia and Virginia Tech, will get to around 540 today with Josh Pastner, ACC Network and ESPN basketball analyst slated to join us. But for Liberty, you know, missed free throws, as much as Richie McKay explained it as as being a fatigue-induced thing, it is a concern for Liberty because when you have a smaller margin for error, you can't afford for that to happen. And when you're that fatigued that you're missing free throws, that is an issue that you want to look at. But the other part is, and we mentioned this before, that you're keenly aware and you've got a team that, again, limitations obvious, 
but at least buying into the idea of doing the little things, which I think they will not overlook despite the fact that this is not the most stout Conference USC team they're facing tonight in Middle Tennessee. I never question the character of this group. It's immense. Uh, I do think it played a factor in the game. Mind you now, fellas, UTEP doesn't just lead Conference USA in turnovers. They lead the nation. Like They turn people over and over and over again. We were five more or four more than our uh, our average. Uh, but but I, I, I think, and especially at home, like, I think being able to do that in this building uh, was a sign of that mental toughness. It was uh, for Liberty this past week. And, and, and again, the sign of mental toughness is not the fact that UTEP is a team that you're thinking, oh, that's a tournament caliber team. It's more the fact that your second game of two road games within a 48-hour window Again, team with limitations, meaning you're asking them to put more out there because they don't have the raw athletic ability that other teams, including others in the Richie McKay tenure at Liberty, have ever had to compensate for it. So you have to do all those things. And it becomes a thing of fatigue and it requires a level of toughness that this isn't a knock on the other teams, but this team has to have more of that because they've got to find a way to compensate for certain areas being a deficiency. And you can have skill, but maybe not be all that athletic if you're Liberty. Or you can be like me. I've got you know some athleticism in tennis, but I have no skill. So that ball goes everywhere because you know that's the opposite of it. And I say mine, obviously, tongue-in-cheek, but for, for Liberty, that's part of it. And that's why I don't think there's an issue tonight against Middle Tennessee. I, they're focused. they got every reason to be locked in. Um, they are generally very good at home. And they're a team that benefits from a raucous atmosphere. And I look at the Grand Canyon loss half full, but that's a Grand Canyon team that, again, more athleticism than Liberty. But by playing at home, Liberty was able to hang in that game longer than you might think based on the athleticism. And Liberty... Tinkering with the lineup, yes, but again, limited developmental depth behind the pieces they have right now means you're in a spot where, you know, ideally you'd love to have maybe a couple of other taller guards to split the duty with Matheny and with Colin Porter, and maybe you have one of them on the floor and not both. Maybe you alter roles so that you're not asking more out of them, and that's the value of for Liberty. But right now, it's those two plus when he's healthy. And I don't know the status of either Shiloh Robinson or Joseph Vinzant, who, uh, for, to my knowledge, got nicked up against UTEP. But you're at four right that, there with those other two being brought in. Zach Cleveland's played very well. And then, of course, Kyle Rode for Liberty. But, I mean, that's not a deep rotation with what Liberty has put out there on the court. And they will add another piece or two here or there. But it's not major minutes. And all of that, I think, contributes to the mindset, again, for this Liberty team, which is, I mean, let's not kid ourselves here, but they cannot afford to think that they've arrived. We don't ever walk into the gym saying, hey, we've arrived, this is our game. Like, I, we know that there's a, um, an investment that has to be sincere and authentic for you to, to have a chance to win the game. And I think that's what I love about our group. They've got the, the character and the maturity to – to stay committed to that. So, uh, and, and I don't see middle as a, I don't even know what their record is. Like I, when I watch them, uh, uh, I'm sure Nick feels the same way I have. Like we're close and just haven't gotten over the hump in a couple of these games. Otherwise our record could be a lot different and the narrative would be different as well. Richie McKay speaking yesterday about this. But the big picture is this is a team that knows they can't realize they can't act with the attitude of we've arrived. And 
I mean, heck, you can be really talented and have that attitude, and it can be an issue. Look, I know we're going outside of Conference USA here, but look at North Carolina. Armando Baycott, and by the way, it's good for Carolina to have somebody that critical and, and that aware of this being an issue. But Baycott basically flat out outed his teammates after the loss to Clemson this past Tuesday night. Because that was a desperate Clemson team off the loss to Virginia. People are now going, oh, is Virginia going to steal Clemson's spot in the tournament? And, you know, with that win at, at Carolina, I think now we've clearly got four ACC teams that are tournament bound Duke, Carolina, Clemson, and Virginia. Then you've got a cluster that are all bubble caliber teams, but you're not really sure how it's going to shake out. Miami, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, NC State. Pitt, you could kind of lump them all into that category. If you want to get real frisky, maybe throw Syracuse and Florida State into the mix as well. I have my doubts about both of those and, frankly, many of the other teams we mentioned as bubble caliber in the ACC. But Armando Baycott came out and basically said, yeah, we didn't have a very good practice Monday. He kind of intimated they might have gotten thrown out. Then he mentioned being late for shoot-around and arrival before Carolina falls down, what, 17-1, to 17-4 to start against Clemson before they rallied and made it a game, but never being locked in. I mean, that's a guy that's helped the Carolina Tar Heels come within five minutes of winning a national championship, and he got injured, which contributed to that issue. He saw the mess of last year. You've got that on your team. Liberty has got at least that attitude collectively on their team. They don't have the Carolina talent to make up for it, obviously, or even that version of it in Conference USA like they maybe did when they were in the A-Sun, and that's a cold dose of reality for Liberty. But at least having players that understand that means you've got a fighting chance to work your way through these type of things. And again, if you set yourself up to be hot for a four-day stretch, don't look, but all of a sudden Liberty might find themselves in the NCAA tournament because of that approach. And it's not the one that you enjoy the entire season with, but if it yields to the ideal end result, you'll be fine with that. Just like if you go to InsaneRadioDeals.com and grab those Yamada Japanese barbecue gift cards. Nobody's going to ask how you got to the end result. We'll leave that up to your imagination, of course. For a great Valentine's dinner or giving the gift of a Yamada Japanese barbecue experience by sharing that gift card with the significant other. The significant other doesn't need to know that you went to InsaneRadioDeals.com and got a better deal. You didn't even have to pay full price. They don't have to know that. And you can show that gift card and say, hey, honey, let's set up a date for us to go out this evening. And this is part of it. And I want to just show you that I'm committed to that wonderful night for you. Again, they don't have to know all the details. We don't have to know all the details of how that might end, but you can enjoy it all thanks to InsaneRadioDeals.com. Speaking of enjoying things, fans in the ACC, at least in our region, enjoy certain things about the ACC, and you're about to get more of that in the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. Now, we never said we would give you that information at the start of the Fast Five at Five-ish because Sports Business Journal has come out with this information that the TikTok stream, I'm not joking when I say that, by the way, but the TikTok stream of Caitlin Clark during this past Saturday night's Iowa-Maryland game it alone garnered 150,000 live views and another 800,000 views on highlights of the stream. That's an extra 950,000 
impressions. Now, some of those may have been repeats, so let's not kid ourselves. But that's a lot of impressions. To go on top of the fact that it was a record-breaking 1.58 million viewers who watched the game on the traditional broadcast of Fox. We are champions of women's sports and women's basketball, so it's not like you have to sell us on the concept of more women's sports coverage. But for those that are out there and believe that somehow, why do we talk about this more than ever? It is more popular. It may be a different generation than, than what you might be listening to, and that's fine. But Virginia Tech has contributed to that with their recent success. There's been interest around the Virginia women's basketball program. They have grown their attendance. Sure, 5,000 is not the same as 14,000 at JPJ women's versus men's games, but those numbers are increasing, as is the interest, and that is an across-the-board thing. Number four. (coughs) Goodness. Speaking of, by the way, women's basketball... The ACC Women's Basketball Tournament will split time now between Charlotte and Greensboro. Of course, this year the event is set to be be held, not to be held, to be held down in Greensboro. Now, 2025 will also be in Greensboro, but after that, they will go to Charlotte 26, Greensboro 27, and then back to Charlotte as well going forward. Look, I I, I like this for the ACC. You're expanding a little bit further, but this is the most streamlined comment, whether it's the headquarters being moved down to North Carolina or just the ACC in general coming to this spot. But the realization that Charlotte is as much of a hub as any location because it's within a five to six hour driving distance of most schools and those that can't make it there that quickly can fly direct. And yes, we are including the absurdity that somehow Stanford and Cal from San Francisco, God bless you, of course, if you're out there, but Stanford and Cal as well as SMU, so San Francisco and the Dallas-Fort Worth airports also fly directly in to Charlotte, North Carolina. Speaking of women in the ACC. Number three. The College Football Playoff Management Committee appointing Virginia Athletic Director Carla Williams to their selection committee. Look, I have been outspoken on my criticism of Carla Williams for not doing much in terms of media availability as an athletic director. And it's not that you have to do a ton, but last offseason was literally the offseason for her to come out and basically it's a we love our school we support tony elliott amid the tragedy we need your support we want you there's a missed opportunity there heck you could argue she's also missed an opportunity in terms of hiring the right football coach but i don't dispute the fact that as well she is well regarded by many in college athletics on a, on a broader scale and her presence on the college football playoff selection committee in and of itself i'm fine with someone of her caliber i am more of an my, my, i'm a bigger critic of the fact that there are way too many administrators and not as many football coaches and former players although I will say adding Randall McDaniel yes the former Minnesota Viking who is also the former Arizona State defensive lineman he and Gary Pinkle who used to coach at Missouri are also on that particular committee so at least there's some logic to that but I would wish it skewed more heavily in favor of traditional football people as opposed to heavily toward the administration and while I'm glad for the sake of diversity and uh, for Virginia being represented with Carla Williams I'm pretty sure they're not going to have a college football playoff forthcoming so I don't think there's much conflict of interest there and she can't do as big of a bad of a job as Boo Corrigan did in the eyes of many when he was at NC State and helped snub Florida State this past year the truth is I I still want to see the shape of that committee look much different in terms of what they've actually done 
number two. Speaking of the ACC, more on that, by the way. Commissioner Jim Phillips announcing the conference football championship game will be held in Charlotte through 2030. Is there ever a doubt that that should have been the spot? Pro Football Stadium, Carolina Panthers. Atlanta's not going to give up the SEC. So you're not going to get to that particular market, which I know many people would love, but it just ain't happening. Um, Where else would you go? Uh, There's not much reliability in the Maryland, D.C. area. Uh, I don't consider that dump in Landover to be one spot where I would want it. Ingress and egress is a challenge. Uh, Why accommodate that area when... Do Levi Stadium, you know, because of Stanford. You know, that's a very good point, Trey. If you want a neutral site closer to there, you can just do Vegas. uh, I was going to say... Well, I was going to say Cherry World, but that's occupied by the Big 12. Um, And they're not giving that up. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think... I mean, Charlotte makes it's where your headquarters of the conference is. Like, it makes the most sense, unless you want to do it. I, Orlando made sort of sense, but not not really. That's the only other option. Orlando was the only other one, and that was the the one because of the bathroom wall. Can I can I also say this, by the way, or, Orlando or even Jacksonville? In what world is the ACC going to bend over backwards to give Florida State any type of advantage by hosting a conference tournament anywhere close? to that university which is trying to get out of the ACC. Absolutely not. No chance that verdict would be rejected if Florida State tried to ask for it, which knowing them, they overestimate that they have lots of power within the ACC, as our girl Melissa McCarthy would remind us. And number one on the Fast Five at five is Speaking of ACC scheduling and Charlotte, North Carolina, the men's basketball tournament will take place in North Carolina for five consecutive years after the trip to D.C. this year. It'll be in Charlotte in 2025 and 2026, Greensboro in 2027, back to Charlotte in 28, and then back to Greensboro in 2029. Of course, we can all laugh at how the ACC will look by the end of this decade. That's that's a topic for another time. But I've said it before. I would even lean more heavily towards Charlotte. And yes, selfishly, I'd love it to be in Greensboro because you move the event down to Greensboro, the men's and the women's basketball tournament, which is both of which are splitting locations, as we mentioned already, between Charlotte and Greensboro. But Charlotte is more neutral in terms of it's more naturally located to every single ACC school. Yes, it's a longer drive from our Virginia Talk Radio Network footprint as we're based in the Lynchburg, Virginia area. But from a broader standpoint of the conference, that location makes sense. But hey, I'm not complaining that they're back in Greensboro. I'd rather it be in Greensboro than Washington, D.C. or Brooklyn, New York or any other place where we need a, quote, presence in the market, end quote, which really hasn't done much for the ACC. If anything, the biggest takeaway of all these events going back to North Carolina is it's almost like the ACC is sticking a middle finger up, whether it's to the ESPN executives closer to Bristol in the New York area or to the rest of the conference. They're just basically saying, look, we're going to do what we think is best for the core group of our fans. And if it irritates anyone else, what are you going to do? And there is your Fast Five at Five-ish. Speaking of thoughts on the Atlantic Coast Conference, more on that around 540 with Josh Passner here in the Fast Lane. But when we return... The thoughts of Jamie Chadwell. Did he really call me out yesterday? (laughs) Oh, you'll find out next here in the fast lane. But we'll also give him the benefit of the doubt and we'll explain that too when we return.